What's up, guys? Welcome to Good Bad 2, the sequel. This is the show where we watch bad movies and have a good time doing it. I am your host, John. I'm Danielle. And we have got special guest Sean in the house. Hello. Um, you guys can find this show everywhere where they got podcasts. We're on Apple, Google, Spotify, The Works. While you're there, please subscribe and leave us a five-star review. Um, you can also find us on social medias on Instagram at The Good Bad Show. We love interacting with you guys, so shoot us a message, drop us some suggestions. This is where we do the voting for the movie. So every week we put two movies against each other, and then you, the listeners, vote to see which one we are going to review. This week the winner was 1999's James Bond film, The World Is Not Enough. Um, so if you follow us on Instagram, you can vote this upcoming week for what movie will be next. So keep your eyes peeled for that. Um, all right. This movie is, mm, you know what? To be totally honest, it doesn't really meet our criteria, does it? No, it, it really doesn't. So what we're looking for is movies that are uh, critically panned, movies that were intended to be good but fell short, and movies where the enjoyment of it is because it's bad. That third one is kind of the problem with this. Most of the enjoyment in the world is not enough, which has a 52% on Rotten Tomatoes. Most of the most of the enjoyment <laughs> for this movie is because of stuff that's supposed to be enjoyed. Yeah. And the, the rest of it just falls short of that. I was kind of surprised to see you guys have a Bond movie on it because yeah, well, the Bond movies are generally like if if they're corny at all, it's because of the times. Yeah. Well, and that's what I was anticipating here. The reason that I put this up for the vote is because it had a 52% on Rotten Tomatoes. It came from the 90s. It had, you know, Pierce Brosnan in it, and he's got some fucking stinkers when it comes to the to the Bond movies. And I, I remembered this as being one of the ones in that list of stinkers. And it's, and it's not, really. It's a little bit closer to a, a snoozer. Um, than a stinker. <laughs> it it knew what it was doing, and it still wasn't a good movie. But pretty pretty early on, I'm I'm watching it and thinking, hmm, I'm not really sure how to categorize this movie. It yeah. might have its own category, which is Michael Bay. <laughs> well, so we'll uh, we'll break it down and we'll decide if it's good, bad, or just bad. Um, but but once we're done doing that, we will give it some awards. So we've got an award for our own personal bold statement, and then also a worst line, a best line. Who had the worst performance? Who was the MVP? What was the unredeemable moment? What was our favorite part? We'll give it a better title, and then we'll decide if it's good, bad, or just bad. Sounds good. Um, all right, this movie, like all Bond movies, is twenty minutes too long. <laughs> that's um, it <laughs> and it has a super convoluted slash simple plot right where you take a, a simple premise 
you stretch it out for two and a half hours yep. and you add in just a bunch of convoluted shit. Um, Sean did not watch the movie. I did not. So he's here Full to pr- disclosure. He's here to produce. <laughs> he's here to drink whiskey. Um, and he, and yes. he's here to, to, to be a sounding board. He's an ad color commentary <laughs> and talk about Denise Richards. Yeah. <laughs> and at any chance I get. <laughs> so she's, she's in this, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. She plays, sure this you talk about her anyway. Uh, yeah. She plays Dr. Christmas Jones. Uh, yeah. Wait, have you ever seen this movie? Yes. Okay. A long, long time Lo- ago. Not enough to remember anything other than she doesn't recreate her scene from Wild Things, which is very disappointing. <laughs> this movie I saw in theaters. Did this you is one really? of few movies around that era that okay. I saw in theaters that wasn't targeted at girls. Because okay. what, 99? I was in middle school, I think. Yeah. I think this movie fancies itself as being for everyone and it's Does not. it? Well, like Bond is, they don't just state that it's for men. You know what I mean? It does like huge business worldwide. It's not but just dicks going to see but, but it is. Like, that, it's not that women can't watch Bond, but it's, 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 it's a guy's movie, right? I don't know. Or, like, correct me if I'm wrong, but do throughout the history of Bond, when it comes out in the era that you live in, not looking back on it, do you not look at the women and go like, "Oh, I want to like wear that gown and like be on this adventure," or is it just completely and utterly chauvinistic garbage? Because uh, you've seen B. almost every. <laughs> have you not seen almost every Bond movie? Option B, and I love almost every Bond movie too. I mean, they're so ridiculous. Like oh I, God. I get, I get what it is, but I also grew up with a father who was from the era before he was supposed to be from. Like he was born in the '30s, so I'm not supposed to be raised by someone who was born in the '30s, right? So his definition of things that were great movies were sometimes great, and sometimes were like stuff i probably shouldn't have been exposed to at a young age of like here's how women should act take a look <laughs> i'm not i'm not saying it's a lesson i'm saying i'm saying it wouldn't have the box office numbers that it have has if women weren't going to see it well like, it, i mean i don't women, know because women are watching bond movies. they're really fun movies they're really repeatable right like you can watch it a ton of times right. you could go and see that movie a ton of times in theaters however the more recent bond franchise is really different than the prior Bond franchise, which I, I would say if it wasn't outright saying like, this is a movie for man's men, the man's man, whatever, the man's then man. it's like, it's the just like man's implicit. That's, that's the spinoff series with the men's uh, men. with Taron Egerton, the man's men, the man's men. So, I mean, yeah, it's like, it, it was meant to be like a, like an icon of like, this is the ultimate man. Like, this is who you want to be. Like you want to be this yeah. guy. The movie wasn't, put there for women to enjoy the woman the movie is put there for men to enjoy and if a woman like is inclined to enjoy certain things about it then she can but it's a bonus there's yeah there wasn't any consideration of like yeah you think the dames are going to come and see this and that was never a consideration until like maybe the like the daniel craig era but isn't it fair to say he's bond is dead sexy for women I think he's dead sexy for men in real life but in movies he's dead sexy for women wouldn't would if you were the producer of this movie? Wouldn't you pick the sexiest dude you can so that women want to see him? Isn't he the eye candy for women? No, because this is aspirational marketing for men, not women. Yeah, they would they wouldn't have picked Roger men. Moore then. <laughs> I don't, I don't, Sean Connery. Sean Connery's a dime piece. Yeah, for, is that what women call guys? I don't know. Yeah, totally, but, all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Especially if we're talking about Sean Connery. <laughs> 
<laughs> that being said, it was an enjoyable movie as our nearly, nearly every Bond movie is an enjoyable movie. Yeah. They're a great time. So, so this one starts off a little bit different than most of them do where you have uh, uh, Pierce Brosnan glasses clad coming into a banker's office. And then, then it's like a two minute bit where they're just making like money and math and Good banker Lord, I've jokes. never heard so many math and money puns ever. <laughs> so most Bond movies drop you into the middle of an action sequence, right? To start it. Like you get the little yes. down the barrel gunshot thing and then you're dropped right into an action sequence. This was not that way. This was like um, when the Simpsons make fun of something. It was just like like he walks in and they're just making like jokes back and forth about like oh this is what a banker would do, but that's not what a and I, I, we were we were looking at each other like what the hell is this huh? <laughs> and then uh, I don't somebody like stole the money and ran and then an action sequence started. It's, a really long complex action sequence. The, oh right, so so Bond is first chasing on foot and then he run he takes the money to uh, MI6 headquarters right. And he he had touched the money. So he takes it and he's talking to M and she hands him a drink. And when he touches the drink, his fingers start to like fizzle. And this indicates to him that there's something fishy with the money. Mm-hmm. Pun intended. <laughs> so he goes running through MI6 and somebody has taken the money from MI6 and stolen it and gotten into a boat. So what does Bond to do? He runs to the um, the the technology center or whatever you want to call it, where Q is, and he gets into a Street Fighter style <laughs> stealth ninja boat, a mini one, and and Q yells like it's not done, and he gets in, and you're like, oh, he's gonna take that awesome boat, and he drives off, and then some shit that happened that blew my fucking mind. <laughs> it is sitting in water, right, Sean? Because that's what boats the, do. Inside boat, the building, boats are usually inside water. This yeah, one is too. This one yeah. is. This is one of them. Because it's a boat and it has to be in water, right? Yes. And he takes off and a door in front of him opens and then the boat flies out of a third story window. (laughs) But but why is the water? We don't know. So so there was was like an ocean and (laughs) they had it sitting in water. In MI6, and it opens, and it flies out of a third-story window and lands in what? What would the, what was this body of water? Th- I, you know, I don't know my in, geography well enough. Were they in <clears throat> London? Yeah. So yeah, I don't know that there's like a canal. I, yeah, there's there's the river that goes through. Is that yeah. what that was? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's that's what I was looking yeah, for. Yeah, like where Buckingham you, Palace is sitting. Yeah, in. yeah. Um, if in the future, if you could get to that before I say something stupid, mm-hmm. I would really appreciate. Mm-hmm. It. Nope, I wanted to see nope. what your thoughts were <laughs> on that. <laughs> No, so we're going to go down the stupid rabbit hole. He does a third a third floor uh, launch from the building, from the interior of the building to the water below. I was, mini ma- boat. I was trying to math in my head how a boat was in the third third floor of a, yep. of a building. Well, that's I don't what, know. That's what happens here. So that's all we know, too. He, go, he goes on a all boat right. chase. So this, this girl is running away. Boating uh, away. Boating away. <laughs> <laughs> In, in a large boat normal and he is cha- he is giving chase in a tiny black like badass spy boat which is much more agile you would think it's like the moped of boats except for that every time it hits a wave it goes airborne and every, flips in a it, circle it's the wake and it goes airborne which is making it look really slow it's yeah. like wave race like yeah, yeah. Wait, right <laughs> while it's on the water it looks fast and at one point it actually does flip over and they edit it 
and it like cuts and it goes right back to like right side up. Like in that monster truck game that we're playing on N64 (laughs) right now. (laughs) And then, uh, and then she goes through, um, like a, a gap and some stuff explodes and it blocks him. Right. So then he has (laughs) to hit the dive button to go underneath it. And the front end dips under the water covers him in water and then there's an edit and then it just shows a side profile view of him underwater fixing his collar (laughs) while he's underwater holding his breath and squinting because his eyes are open underwater (laughs) was it was the boat underwater everybody just him the whole the this open boat where he is open the boat dove so it didn't like enclose no it just Dove. Yeah. yeah, but it still kept going. And then he adjusts uh, his fast. collar cool as shit. And then it and then another edit of it, quote, popping up or just some water splashed. It was one of the hokier things you'll see in a Bond movie for sure. Um and then at one point he ends up on land in yeah, this he, boat. He drove the boat through a, a building and then through a restaurant. And then through a market and through another building. He's steering this thing. It, it was no, it's in, going down alleyways now. It came right, off of right. a third floor story like window. S-speed. And you saw from underneath. There's not wheels on this thing. It's not. Oh, a, but it has flame jets. It's yes. Jet it, has, it has like turbines. Okay, so it's on the streets. Yeah. It's on the streets now. It's on cobblestones. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> With, you know what? That's I'm, why we did this movie. <laughs> and, then, and then she gets away via hot air balloon. Yes, that's right. (laughs) She she crashes the boat or gets out of the boat or something, and she hijacks a hot air balloon. And he like runs and jumps and grabs a hold of the rope that's always hanging off of hot air balloons in action movies. And uh, she, for whatever reason, she just simply can't get caught. So she's willing to shoot the tanks and blow them both up. So she, he lets go and falls down onto what is that venue called? I do not know. Yes, you do. You're just large, gonna wait for me to say something stupid. A large tent like like venue. There's there's do you like have a, a vowel. It's a R S T L N E. Pretty successful, like <laughs> famous venue that they created for the Olympics at that time. O2 Arena. Yeah, an arena, but I can't remember. No, is that maybe that's what it's called now? They might have changed the name of well, it. Yeah. Anyways, he lands on the top of this thing and he like falls down and grabs some ropes and he hurts his shoulder and then his shoulder would be like a subplot through the whole movie. Um, and then you get your opening title sequence here. The 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 um, title song was done by Garbage. Sure was. That's, I liked it. That's random. Yeah, that seems it's like not a very Bondy. It, it Bondy came, Bondish Bondi, Bondage Bondage Bondage. Yeah, okay. Bondage. <laughs> it came off. It came out pretty good, actually. Yeah, it was fine. Because I was like, okay, I, kinda, I was listening to it and going, I dig this Bond song, and then it said by Garbage, and I was like, wait, what? Huh. <laughs> yeah, it worked. Yeah, so I mean, that, it was really produced, right? Like every Bond song it was very produced, had an orchestra and all this sort of stuff. It was ha- cool. Didn't Halle Berry do a Bond song? Or no, it wasn't. No, she was in the movie. Yeah, but who who did? Was it Beyonce? I don't know. Someone did Bond There's song. Goldfinger. Like, There's fucking twenty five of them. I have no idea. I know that. So so then he's got a he's got this bum shoulder right, and he wants to be on this case real bad, but uh, M Judy Dench won't let him do it unless he gets medically cleared. So he's in the doctor's office, and she's like, "Oh, your shoulder's all fucked up," and he's like. 
all right, yeah, that's cool. But what if you take your pants off? <laughs> <laughs> to the doctor. Yeah. Is this where Christmas comes in? No, no not until not much, she's much not later. No, she's, okay. she's a doctor. She's not that that doctor. She's a nuclear physicist. But we now have a, we do have a pantsless doctor already yeah, happening. So he, he bangs the doctor in the doctor's office mm-hmm. at MI6. And she, she, she was like, well, you have to call me this time. He re- evidently regularly bangs the doctor. <laughs> <laughs> well... He's smart. He has to know how to get clearance when he's got bum shoulders. He can't be <laughs> he can't be missing out on work. Yeah. Yeah. Nowadays when you're in court for sexual harassment, you could just be like, Judge, I'm a wily. I just I know <laughs> I know how to get stuff done. You, you know? gotta play the game. <laughs> it's, it's called networking. <laughs> Genital networking. <laughs> so he's trying to unlock this mystery room. Right. And I, like, I don't really care to get too in depth to the actual plot. Cause like I said, Bond movies are just super convoluted, but at one point he's trying to figure out something and, uh, he sees that like some oil baron lady has been kidnapped in the past and that the, the ransom that they asked for was $5 million us. This amount of money that he's been dealing with thus far in the movie is in pounds. Mm -hmm. So he's got three separate computers in front of him. (laughs) Each one making bleepier, bloopier noises than the last. Because this is 1999. Every time you see a computer screen, any button that gets pressed, you get a bleep or a bloop. But he he uses one of these supercomputers to convert pounds to us yeah <laughs> it's yeah. like a it's like a whole graphic of like like the scrolling numbers <laughs> and then finally it tells him oh my god it's the same amount it wasn't hard in 99 <laughs> i was like jesus christ they had calculators yeah it wasn't hard back then it wasn't they had wasn't calculator watches back in, uh, in the 80s they had those things so he's got like a watch that shoots tar and <laughs> And, and, hook and, and, yeah. and does vasectomies, but it doesn't have <laughs> a reversible <calculator>. ones too. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, I was that that made me laugh that he has an entire supercomputer that's only job is to convert pounds to US. It was it was very nineties. It was very nineties. <laughs> um, and then for some reason he's on a ski trip. He, like him and him and the the main uh, the girl he's Electra been, King. Yeah, Electra. This is the girl he's been tasked to protect. Skiing is a very bondage trope. Yeah, yeah, very yeah. much. Yeah, but bonds be skiing. Bonds yeah. be skiing. Um, he like goes and says like I'm sent here to protect you, and she's like, well, you better be able to ski. And he says, I was, I was prepared for a cold reception. The, <sighs> the uh, bond like <laughs> the bondage puns and one liners in this movie feel more shoehorned in than any other Bond movie. Yo, they were tiresome. Oh my god, they're we've, just crowbarred in like left and right. We've watched a lot of movies. That have a high pun ratio this one has the worst usage of high pun ratio of any movie that we've watched yeah like most of them are not funny like they're they're all the puns that you expect to hear and it's not that you're laughing with them you're just waiting for them to come out and you're like okay there it was and then you move on they're <laughs> like seventh grader puns oh i forgot that they're, they're the actual villain has been introduced via 3d hologram Right. Which predates Iron Man or anything like that. So they bring up 
the the like giant hologram image of the bad guy and M explains to Bond like oh sometime he got shot in the head and the bullet's still in his head and he can't feel pain and that's the entire profile of this bad guy he has like a lazy eye and he's just a nondescript <laughs> bald white guy you know what I'm talking about Sean what? What? lazy eye <laughs> I, fi- I fixed that last week <laughs> so uh, the the CG on that on that 3D render was brutal it looked like nintendo 64 it was pretty rough but they could walk inside of it yeah so i guess that's all they needed they're like all right i bet i bet it was pretty cool in 99 it must have been um so he's on the ski trip and he's out there with uh with electra and then a a gang a roving gang of snowmobile parachuters comes flying in and he has to fight that them with like he distracts them by going into the trees he question yeah were they were they flying or were they falling because i would imagine on a parachute like once you're going down you keep going down yeah you don't go up when you, you para- can't when you're on a, in a pair when a parachute is yeah. parachuted not like you, a hang you glider go down, you don't you don't go up yeah that's what i thought too. i'm an expert Okay, just, that's that's what I thought too. These yeah. these are more like hang gliding snowmobiles. Like if they wanted to go somewhere, just like that boat yeah. on the cobblestone street, they went that way. The, they went. They are, went that way. These are snowmobiles who have been airdropped and they're on parachutes. It was kind of badass. It was really it was badass, kind of badass. But they also had full agency over what direction they were going <laughs> to yeah. go, they, including up. Because at one point he chases one, or one is chasing him on on ground on snow and it chases him and he does the whole trope of like head towards the edge and then stop and then the chaser will fall off the edge right and it goes off the edge and he makes some sort of ridiculous pun oh he goes see you at the lodge and then it (laughs) (laughs) it pops out a second parachute and then goes up and circles around and comes back and i was like well that's not how that works at all that's That's not what should happen here that's, Wiley Coyote does can't do yeah. that. The great thing about Bond movies is that you know he has like some of the best newest spy technology possible, but you know that the villain always has a possibility of having something even cooler. Yeah, yeah. always. That's that's what's fun about the Bond movies. But I I would I think that my like final conclusion about Bond in general is that they don't age well. Like no Bond movie has aged well. None. No, like even the Sean Connery ones are at this point, they aged well, but it's, they're like 50 years old Mm. now. Right. So it's even those ones are not that awesome now. I watched Goldeneye the other day. It wasn't bad. I I watched some clips of it the other day and I I saw some pretty good, bad stuff in there. I mean, it's still fun. Bond movies though. They're not, they're not like these action from from start to finish they they generally have a lot of that like a lot of downtime a lot of in between it's just yeah. kind of bond movies are yeah I, w- that, I wish that they were not two hours and 20 minutes long Is yeah i think that's what makes it generally yeah. that's about about the average runtime of a bond movie yeah. we don't need all that yeah they could they could start bringing them down to just shy of two hours and i think we'd all be okay with that um so he has, he, at some point, he has to go uh, to a casino 
wearing x-ray glasses. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what is he searching for with the x-ray glasses? Do you remember? I don't I think he wasn't searching for something specific. I think Denise he, Richards. <laughs> she's she's still not in this movie. Um, he just needed to know who was packing, I think. And that's it. He's going he's going to talk to the the caviar boss. Like uh-huh. the the caviar kingpin yeah yeah (laughs) this is where it just completely went into snooze land um and he goes and he he sees who's got guns and then he goes and he talks to the caviar boss but while he's talking to king caviar uh what what's her face (laughs) uh electra comes in and there's this classic bond trope moment here that just falls completely short the whole casino um high stakes big money versus your life thing right like every bond movie has this casino type scene which which involves a a million dollars or more versus if you lose we're gonna kill you kind of a thing she walks in and he goes he goes what's your game gonna be and she goes high card and i was like what this entire scene is predicated on pick a card. Just like who, <laughs> yeah. who gets zero high. skill. She, and he goes, what's your wager? And she puts down a piece of paper and she goes a million dollars. I go a, a million dollars for, for high card. This is like, I think they were like, well, the audience doesn't understand Baccarat. <laughs> 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 the, the audience doesn't understand five card Monty. Right. Are they in Monte Carlo? Uh, no, they're in Baku. Yeah. Yeah. Like who? I was like, that seems overly simplistic. Like, we don't need somebody sitting down and being like Tracy Morgan and 30 Rock and being like, <laughs> all right, fives are twos and twos are wilds. <laughs> but that seemed overly simple. Uh, <laughs> so she loses. Um, it's it's whatever. You're like, okay, I don't really know why that happened. Did you notice that when they first met to go went to go meet the Russian guy, Mr. Zarkovsky, the, uh, the uh, caviar king, when he gets into his office... Behind him are just stacks and stacks of Smirnoff vodka. Oh, really? Just stacks and stacks. Like, mm, let's make him as Russian as possible. <laughs> How can we tell our viewers that he's Russian? Ah, Smirnoff. That'll do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is how you know he's Russian. Um, and then you then you get to meet the actual the actual villain. I can't remember his name. I just kept writing down Lazy Eye. Oh, the super bad guy? Okay, he had three names. That's why you couldn't remember his name. He was Victor. He was also Renaud. And he was also the anarchist. Ah, uh, yes. But mostly they called him by his second name, Renaud. I'm just going to call him Lazy Eye. All right. That's cool with everybody. Also, Lazy this Eye. is this is 49 minutes into the movie that you meet the villain. You paused it. Yeah, I needed to know. You, that you don't meet the villain until almost an hour into the fucking movie. So you basically didn't care about the movie until... 49 minutes into the movie about yeah that's when the movie starts yeah and even then he's a really lackluster villain i mean his yeah. his acting was fine i'm talking about just the writing and it just he's he's really not in it that much and he never does anything all that villainous no he only has this one gimmick where he he doesn't feel pain right and they didn't use it very often that only came up a couple of times like they they introduced Once him in that way remember. Yeah. Yeah, like the interest in that way. He's at some like devil fiery breath zone and he's holding hot rocks. <laughs> yeah, that's right. When you meet him, he's in a forest fire. 
Like they, <laughs> they're just, it's like him and a bunch of other villains and they're just standing around in an active forest Holding fire. hot rocks. And you're like, God, what, what the fuck? Like if you're a villain, you just have to be in like cool places that are on fire, but there's no <laughs> explanation as to why. Like, it's always on fire. <laughs> it's just on fire. So this dude steals a nuclear warhead. This is where Dr. Hot Pants uh, Christmas Jones comes in. I'm listening. But not, but not <laughs> until you know that James Bond and Electra be fucking. Oh, right. But that's all we know. I mean, that's, that they that's kind up. of a given. But, but that's yeah, not, it's a given. It, yeah. It's If there's any female in a Bond movie, she's gone. he's banging her. She's done. Yeah. It, it could be, I don't care what, they've probably never said M, Q. He's, he's <laughs> been in all of it. He, he he's been around. He doesn't care. Money, Penny. Yeah, he fucks everything around. that moves. This guy fucks. He, yeah. He's the original, yeah. he's the original Tony Stark. Yeah. So, so the, uh, the, the, what's her name? Electra King. She is a oil baroness yes. and her whole thing is that she's trying to get a pipeline across what all of Asia and Europe. I think so. She's like, an, yeah, like, it needs to go into Istanbul. Like two entire continents, I yep. think is what she was trying to do. And people are standing in her way. That's why her, her life is threatened. So yeah, she needs to be the only one providing them earls. <laughs> so the nuclear warhead, which was stolen, ends up in the pipeline that's how they're gonna right that's how they're gonna travel yeah. the, the bomb and so instantaneously bond and uh, uh denise richards have a car which operates inside of pipelines okay if that thing is real <laughs> i want to know about it and i want to go on it why it was like a go-kart but it was a circle for yeah. Going inside of a pipeline. It's a car specifically designed to do 500 miles an hour inside of an oil pipeline. Amazing. And I need it. And they their plan was to go in front of the warhead. Yeah, I couldn't figure this out. I, I was baffled by this. So he's going, this go out. faster, go faster, go faster. And then it comes up behind them. And I yeah. was like, what? Yeah. How, how did they get it in front of it? Yeah. And then they get like right up against it. They switch to the pipeline car, which I sound ridiculous even saying out loud <laughs> that the warhead is on to yes. find out that it only has half of the plutonium. Yes. The weapons grade plutonium that they thought that it yeah. would. So how, mm -hmm. how do you not know what this is? <laughs> every warhead, or every warhead, every warhead has weapons grade plutonium. Yeah. But this one only has half. Only half. Which is how much? Since you seem to be such an expert. <laughs> so it's really difficult the way that they, they measure these things. <laughs> and I could go on and on for days, but I'm yeah. not, I don't want to bore the listeners. You, you could with... use your computer, but you recently had it converted to a pounds to dollars computer. <laughs> <laughs> That's all it does. <laughs> so it makes they, more sense. They let it blow so that you think that Bond is dead. Like that, I don't know. I, I, somebody out there, some super Bond fan out there, let us know how many Bond movies he has faked his own death in. Oh, it happens oh. in almost yes. every movie where he's believed to be dead so that the villain doesn't do what they're supposed to do because they think Bond is dead. And so he can get some rest and so he can go hook up with the lady that he's always with when this happens or find new ladies in the location where he faked his death. Yeah, it's that, so, that's a played out Bond trope. Yeah, but that's what that's what keeps these things going. You got to fake your death and then live your best life for a little while until it's time to come back. Nothing happened <laughs> while he his death was faked. He just came back. He just was there. There was no plan. There was no. I'm gonna fake my death and no. 
and no. anything? No, it just happened. It, it just happened. He, I think the only thing was that now when the viewer knows that he's not there, then the story goes farther. But there was, not, there was like no uh, effect towards anyone else in the movie with him not being around. So you do find I mean, out that Electra and Lazy Eye are in cahoots. They be fucking too. Yeah, they be mm-hmm. they be fucking too. Um, and uh, so they have naked emo argument sex where she's she's naked and he's like, yeah, but you slept with Bond too. And she was like, he doesn't mean anything to me. And then he goes, she gets like an ice cube and oh no, he puts his hand through a table. Oh yeah, he this punches is, the table. This is some really angsty teenage he had feelings. shit. Because he's like, he feelings. he has emotional feelings, even though he can't Whoa, what? have physical feelings. Shit. Yeah. Did you get? Did you grasp that? Yeah, I did grasp that. <laughs> and so I might be broken, but doesn't mean I don't feel. <laughs> so she puts some ice on his hand, and she's like, "Can you feel this?" And he's like, Mm-mm, "No, I can't." And then she like sultry rubs the ice down her body, and I was like. That, that's not hot. That's not sexy at all. And Ooh, yeah, because she just used it to clean up his wound from punching through the table, and then she rubs it all over her mouth. Yeah, and also, Lazy Eye doesn't seem to be that turned on by it either. No, didn't okay. work out for anybody. So he can't feel, right? Not, no. Not on the outside. So He's full of feels on the inside. Okay, but they can't bang then. How does that work? Or can he bang forever? Well, yeah, because he could for, just or get... for three seconds. Like, <laughs> yeah. How did, how, there's, I don't no, know. there's no way he's going an hour. I mean, maybe he can. He can't tell. He, I don't know. <laughs> maybe he just gets aroused and he's like, well, it looks like it's time. And she's like, all right, see you in an hour. Deuces. And I don't know. Go to sleep. <laughs> yeah, you, you do you, lazy eye. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you how much I like you so you can be part of this. Yeah. Um, I don't know. So the the next big action piece is at the caviar factory. Is that what that was? Yeah. Okay. That's, that wasn't that's just called a whale's reproductive system. No, nope. um, no, it's a big wooden. Uh, but you know, remember the roller coasters where the the gimmick was that they were made out of wood? Yeah, like the gri- is it like the grizzly bear yeah. or something? This entire America? facility looks like that ride where <laughs> where everything is is like noticeably and startlingly wooden, and I was like. Why the fuck is everything like there's like no metal in this entire place. That's super weird. So that'll come back. So there's a, there's a, a BMW just chilling at this place and somebody notices it. And then they just get on the radio and go bond is alive. And I was like, what Uh-oh. is he? The only person that, what is that? An M eight? What is no, that? Um, I meant to look this up. It's either, a 1M or a Z8? Z8. It's a Z8. So he's the only person that drives a Z8. The fact that there's a BMW there automatically means that Bond is alive. Was, there, was this car <laughs> never in the movie before? No. No. Wait. Uh, it might have been uh, just chilling in Q's office or yeah, whatever. So it, like the, you, the was. audience, know he's alive. You know that he's there, right? You've seen him there. But from the villain's point of view, the fact that there's a BMW parked there doesn't automatically mean Bond is alive. She radios in that he's alive and not 10 seconds later, five helicopters show up who are dragging (laughs) saws 
Like like tree cutter saws. Like two or three story long. Oh, those are awesome. These are terrifying. Yeah, saw cool. blades. No, they're amazing. Yeah. It's a it's a it's some really bondage it's shit. It's a metal it's shit, re- man. It's really fucking cool. But, it's metal as but hell. now you see why this entire place is made of wood. <laughs> so it's like cutting off towers and it's going through bridges and like pipes. Yeah, and pipes and like it's just wreaking havoc. This scene was actually really cool. So Bond fights his way over to his car. And you're like, oh man, here it is. Here's the Bond like car scene. It's always like one of the best parts. And he he backs up in reverse. He fires some missiles and he blows up one helicopter. And you're like, yeah, here we go. And then the next helicopter cuts the car in half. And that's the end of the car. That was the end. That's all we know about that car. A <laughs> little bit of trivia. I did read that BMW was pretty appalled at the usage of that car in this movie. Well, they had to go back to Aston Martin. So <laughs> they had to destroy the BMW. So why would they Bye, not... They would give them the car. I'm sure BMW gave them the car. Well, they had a three movie deal and this was the third one. Well, that's a fitting goodbye. Yeah. So what would it's they be a proper upset farewell. about? It, it was a pretty lackluster use of the car. Like they still paid for it. Like yeah. whether it was going mean, to happen again or not. It's still a Bond car and it's, it's a really great Bond car because at the time... I mean, that was a super, it still is obviously a super rare car, but that car you didn't see very often. It looked like a Bond car. So it matched, like it matched the whole visage. It worked out really well. But yeah, you got to switch back to Aston. So you better saw that thing in half so we can get out of here. <laughs> it, was, it was definitely the filmmakers sending a fuck you to be at <laughs> for sure. Contract over. Yeah. But I mean, look, as a brand manager, you don't want to see your brand in anything but the most pristine, badass condition. Like you want nothing but the best, even if it comes at the sacrifice of what we just saw, which I thought was pretty rad. So let's say you are the brand manager for caviar. Do you want to see a big fat Russian guy drowning in it? There's not a brand manager for caviar <laughs> unless it's whale moms. <laughs> So the, 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 the fat Russian, I was just writing down lunchbox as his name. (laughs) So lunchbox falls into the caviar and, and Bond's trying to get information out of him. So he's not helping him. There was a weird line here. I don't, I'm not a big caviar fan, but Bond looks at, um, uh, Denise Richards and he goes, Oh, if only we had some champagne and she goes, or sour cream. And I was like, what? Yeah. You can put them together. Yeah. Maybe that's a caviar thing. Is it? Yeah. Stack okay. them up. I don't, like I said, I don't know enough about caviar. Yeah, do. it's 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 a good Super Bowl uh, snack. You, caviar sour cream on a Ritz. Oh yeah, the little gold leaf on top. Yeah, yeah, on, on a Ritz though. It has to be on a Ritz. Oh, I didn't know you were watching Super Bowls over at Trump Tower. <laughs> well, you know, kind of a big deal over here. <laughs> I'm, I'm it's eating... that mustache. You can get into any Trump thing now. <laughs> I'm over here like eating little smokies. <laughs> <laughs> Eating little smokies. Have you been at Trump Tower too? <laughs> so, so they, uh, I forget how this really goes down, but somehow the bad guy ends up kidnapping M. How did that, go, how did that happen? So Electra said, I need you here. And M's like feeling guilty right. because yes. Electra was uh, kidnapped and M said not to fight for her ransom and not to pay her ransom. And Electra knew that. So Electra lured her into a trap. Yeah. So they get, they kidnap M. She MacGyver's a clock, like a, like a AM, not even an AM radio, like a, just a alarm clock. standard analog alarm clock into, um, a uh, bomb tracker, the GPS. bomb, the bomb tracker GPS, so that the MI6 knows where she's at. Basically, Bond goes and saves the day. They they end up going through your your pretty classic Bond um, 
uh, third act where it's just nothing but nonstop action. And he has to chase down a submarine via swimming. Yes. And he did too. <laughs> he swims his way he onto did. a submarine. Submarine gunfight. Yeah. He, he puts the uh, plutonium rod straight through the bad guy. Welcome did, to my nuclear family. <laughs> uh, he shot, uh, what's her face? Uh, Electra. The, Electra. Yeah. yeah. He shot and killed her. He shot her good. And then, you know, it, it wraps up the way that Bond movies wrap up with him banging the only woman left that wasn't a villain. And um, saying, I thought Christmas only come once a year. So, yeah, the all the people at MI6 are watching his heat signature. Because why are they, like, spying on him if the mission is over in the first place? Uh, they were searching for him because they lost track of him. Ah, uh, yes. And the, so... they, they see his heat signature and it looks like one person. And M is, like, you know, what's na- naive to what's happening. And she's like, why is he so warm? Like, and then you see another set of legs because he's banging Denise Richards. Yes, and John Cleese pulls the modesty trigger and presses escape to, <laughs> to you, turn off the camera. And you hear it <laughs> when he does it. Yeah, and, I was and, happy to see John Cleese in this movie. I love John Cleese. So, yeah, but then the you know every Bond movie has to end with the most crass line where he tells Doctor Christmas Jones, "I thought Christmas only comes once a year." Yep. And the end. That pretty much wraps up the story. Um, I guess, if you want to call it that. But we didn't really talk about Denise Richards. Um, We can talk about Uh, that time that she exited the nuclear study area and unzipped her one-piece bodysuit and was wearing tiny shorts and a tank top underneath. I'm listening. She was wearing wearing the exact Laura Croft outfit. Yeah, it was really weird. She she was doing Laura Croft cosplay. Like, blatant (laughs) ripoff of that exact outfit. It was real goofy. Yeah. If you're listening, Denise... What's up? <laughs> you want Charlie Sheen seconds? Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't care. <laughs> I'm, no, I'm no health professional, but I think you should. Um, all right, should we get into our uh, our awards? Oh, we might as well. I'm never going to get tired of that. No. It's a good time. We're professionals over it makes, here. It makes this show so much classier. Basically like swimming in caviar. Ugh, do you have any With- sour cream over there? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Bob, uh, could you pass the salt? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I'll start things off. I'm going to give you my bold statement. Uh, the bold statement is basically like an opinionated stance. Um, this is uh, the, the World is Not Enough is the movie that has the most bleeps and bloops ever. Wow. There is the most computer screens and Hmm. and button pressing and laptop opening that every, almost (laughs) every scene has either a foreground or background bleep or bloop noise for two and a half hours. That's a lot. If If you are paying attention to that trope, it is... It is so exaggerated and overblown in this movie. Mm. It was distracting me through the whole thing. Like every bomb, every clock, every computer, every pounds to dollars translator (laughs) made a noise. You're saying it was sponsored by Apple. (laughs) Basically. Yeah. The Apple, the Apple sounds, uh, Danielle, what is your bold statement? This is the action movie that has the most puns per minute. Oh, so that's a great combination. There were I mean, we watch a lot of movies, with a lot of puns in them, like a lot, but this one was over the top. And most of them weren't even funny puns. They were pretty bad. Yeah, this is probably the lowest level of puns for the movies because sometimes they're really funny. Like the yeah. Roger Moore ones are so bad they're good. Yeah. The, this was not the, that was not the case for these ones. 
Um, what is your worst line in this movie? Oh, that's really hard. There are so many. Basically, you just write down the entire movie, close your eyes, and circle something, <laughs> and it's going to be the answer right right there. Um, <laughs> I think it was a scene where Bond is in. Uh, uh, He's, he's back in the office, basically, and he's watching a bagpiper practice indoors, and he's just watching this bagpiper, you know, play his bagpipes, and the bagpiper turns towards a mannequin and shoots the mannequin out of the bagpipe and then flips a bagpipe over, and it's a flamethrower. <laughs> so this was in Q's office, yeah. They, okay, that was in Q's office? Yeah, Jesus. that's where that kind of shit goes down. And so he says, so Bond says, hmm, he regards this. I suppose we all have to pay the piper sometime. Oh, and then Jesus. somebody else responds with, Oh, pipe down. <laughs> that is, I don't, I must've been writing something else when that happened. I vaguely remember it. The, the, um, Pierce Brosnan bond movies, when he would go see Q, they mm -hmm. always had failed or never used gadgets happening in the background. Yeah. There was always, there was always stuff that like was for, for comedy beats and this one was not without its fair share of those goofy ass things. And yeah. that, that line is fucking awful. That was awful. Did you have one? Um, Two, so three, four. my, my worst line is they, they were at the caviar factory. The helicopters have come and just destroyed everything. They cut the entire building in half. It's, it couldn't be more ruined. The, the, you know, lunch boxes drowning in caviar and then you get a um, exterior shot and you have a voiceover from Lunchbox where he says, the insurance company is never going to believe this. End scene. <laughs> it was just an added in voiceover that was so stupid. God, it was dumb. Couldn't. This movie was painful. There was parts of it that were really, really tough to sit through. We also, to be fair, watched it really late at night for us and we were struggling to stay awake through the whole thing maybe not because of the movie but just because we were super super tired um what was your best line in this movie um let's see <laughs> there was uh there was a discussion about the plutonium between electra and james bond and electra says i have to get it back no 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 it was between um denise richard and james bond She's got the missing, she's looking for the missing plutonium. And she says, I have to get it back or somebody's going to have my ass. And then it just shows James Bond checking her out, like just scanning her <laughs> top to bottom. And he was like, you want to mention asses? Like he didn't say it, but he, you know, his eyes did. You know, yeah. Usual. That's, that's uh, standard Bond That's the best fare. they could do. That's what I got for best line. Um, that was it. You, you got up and left the room momentarily and you missed the real best line. Oh, I was getting some Thin Mints. Um, yeah, that's, yeah, you're crushing Girl Scout <laughs> cookies. Bring any here. No, I ate them all. So. Get out. Uh, oh, come on. Uh, I brought their souls with me. You want them? The souls, souls. of Thin Mint Past. <laughs> <laughs> so Bond has banged the doctor into getting medically cleared. Um, uh, what's her name? M gets the medical report. She sees that he's cleared. Money Penny just fucking calls out the doctor and him on it. Oh, she just there. puts all their business out on Front Street, and then Bond tells M like, "I've got to be on this case. Like, let let me protect Electra. Um, I'm I'm gonna go in this case." And M tells Bond like, "Okay, fine, you can be on this case." And she says, "But remember, shadows stay in front or behind, never on top." <laughs> and I was like, yeah, tell him, Em. He didn't, didn't li matter. He didn't listen. He didn't listen to yeah, that about that matter. at all. He fucked her anyways. We all seen it. <laughs> um, I've, I've, I've seen it. 
I feel like I know what your answer is going to be for, for worst performance. And okay. I feel like it's going to make Sean pretty upset. Oh, then, you know, it's Denise Richards. It's Denise Richards. Man, she was bad. Yeah. She was terrible. Like, like she was bad or she, no, she wasn't. She wasn't. No, no, she wasn't bad. She was bad. She was just, oh man. She's got not acting. Almost every line delivery she has in this movie is flat, just completely flat. Oh no, it's getting away. What will we do? Eyebrows up. Don't besmirch the good name of Denise. I'll be smircher. I'll be besmirching. There's a there's a threshold for what you can say while you're wearing a soaking wet white t-shirt where we're even going to hear what you're saying, but I don't know for it just, it wasn't enough to get past how bad she was. In this <laughs> we're in com- complete disagreement. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised she didn't get an Academy Award it, and I haven't even seen it. It was, it was not <laughs> well. enough. It was not enough. Her, her, um, the uh, world was not enough. Her upper 80 percentile of her thigh, not enough to get over how bad she was in this movie. <laughs> yeah. This movie's for men. Yeah. Four dudes. <laughs> See? At least me and D <laughs> can agree it's on something. <laughs> uh, we both like Ben Mens. <laughs> that's true. And Denise Richards. Yeah, this movie needed a lot, <laughs> Man, a lot less Denise Richards speaking lines and a lot more thin mints for me to eat. <laughs> um, Danielle, what was your who was your MVP in this movie? Ugh, this was hard. Yeah. Also Denise Richards. I, I will say no. nobody crushed in this movie. No, uh, I put Electra question mark. I think mm, if, okay. she, I mean she tried. Yeah. She might not have thought that she was getting an Oscar, but she she tried. Like she wasn't a bad actress. I will, she, she was not she a low good. light. Also, yeah. you see her nipple at one point, which is rare for a Bond movie. So there's that. I'm listening again. <laughs> <laughs> that was the creepiest shit ever. He like thought, thought. I was like, whiskey, whiskey. Someone's in there. <laughs> um, I'm going to give my MVP to Lazy Eye. Uh, I don't remember his name. I don't know the actor's name. Uh, it wasn't that great. It wasn't even a Lazy Eye. He got shot in the head as I was busted. Whatever. I mean, it wasn't regular. <laughs> oh, so you like making fun of people with disabilities. Yeah, cool, look at that. I'm not making look fun at that. of him. Maybe I... he's a war hero. <laughs> yeah, he was a war hero. He's no, a he national was treasure. He's a criminal. He's a national. Well, he turned criminal after he got shot in the head. People started calling him Lazy Eye. He got mad. Turned uh, to a life of crime. I will say this: this is the MVP that I feel the least confident about on this show. Like you didn't. Yeah. Nobody really did all that much in this in this whole movie. What was your unredeemable moment? The opening sequence. The boat chase? Oh my God. The whole thing was ridiculous. There was so much that was wrong. There were so many ridiculous things. He open cockpit dives underwater. He, his boat is flipping around in circles. Like he goes out of a third story building. He's, he's driving on a cobblestone street. Like it was ridiculous. I thought we were really in for a super, super good, bad movie based on that boat chase. Me too. Um, and then it got more serious after that, but less interesting. They used all of their all of their bullets in that yeah. opening sequence. Uh, my unredeemable moment is in Q's office. It's that, it's that same scene you were talking about with the bagpipes. They're going through all the gadgets like you do in every Bond movie. And uh, Q is having John Cleese, who is R, is going to, to show off these gadgets. And he puts on a big puffy jacket and Q goes, just pull the cords. And John Cleese pulls the cords and it turns into a big 
balloon ball around him, like a protective ball with his feet sticking out. And it's supposed to be this like slapstick comedy beat because it's John Cleese. And it's not even slightly funny. It's not even remotely funny. Um, it's like 60s funny. Uh, it just was, it, it didn't feel like a Bond movie to me. It felt, it felt like Monty Python and it just wasn't that funny. And then you knew also that that gadget was going to come into play at some point in the movie. And I was like, I don't want it. Mm. I don't want to see it. And then it does. They get caught in an avalanche and he pulls the ripcord on his puffy jacket that he brought for some reason because mm. he figured he was going to go skiing and then they're safe in this bubble that came out of his jacket. It was, it was really dumb. What was your favorite part? My favorite part was the opening sequence. It was so ridiculous. <laughs> You've got a boat going out of a third story building. What the hell? You have like, he's diving underwater with an open cockpit and he adjusts his tie. Like how classic Bond garbage is that? <laughs> he's on a cobblestone street with a jet boat. He's driving through restaurants with a jet boat. It's goddamn dickerous. <laughs> it was so good. <laughs> so, so no listener, your, your podcast did not just skip and go back five minutes. <laughs> so your unredeemable moment and your favorite part are the same yeah. moment. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I love it. So I heard that correctly. Yeah. 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 Whiskey's kicking in. Yeah. And I was like, wait. Didn't she just yeah. talk about that? Exactly uh-huh. the same or did, part. Or did my brain pause? <laughs> Both <laughs> happened. Do you have a bullet lodged in your brain? Um, my, I have a lazy eye. <laughs> my favorite part was the ski slopes versus uh, parachute snowmobiles. Yeah, it's pretty good. It was so stupid and so fun and so <laughs> bond. Um, so I read in the trivia that this movie took its name from a line in On Her Majesty's Secret Service, which has a very famous ski slope scene. So they figured they had to do a ski slope scene in this one mm. and kind of up the ante. So that that was a mm. really good action piece. I like that part have a lot. You, have you read many of the books? Um, I've read one. Did you like it? Yeah, that was pretty good. But I you're mean, not gonna read anymore. I mean, they're 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 they range between leaflets and like leaflets. Uh, and encyclopedias. <laughs> the, it's it's. The, Have it, you met our Lord and Savior James Bond? <laughs> May I hand you this pamphlet for you to peruse? <laughs> it's 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 not like Harry Potter or something like that where you get bonus information because you read it. You could just wait for the movie. And Got it's, it. It's gonna be. It, you know what I mean. It's, mm-hmm. There's not like layering that's happening. Um, did you give this movie a better title? Um, yes, it was. Um, Birds, bagpipes, and helicopters. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've got two better titles. There are a lot of helicopters in this movie. <laughs> there, yeah, there's a shit ton of helicopters that show up the second that you radio in that Bond is alive. They show up saws ready. Yeah, saws like, ready. It, it was saws asunder. <laughs> it, it wasn't even 30 seconds later that those helicopters showed up with carrying. Hey. Professional three, three story tall buzz saw. Terrifying. Um, my I have two better titles because I don't think either one of them is all that strong. So hopefully the combination of them is good enough. All right. So number one is just beep bloop bloop. Yep. What's yep. the next one? Yep. And then the second uh-huh. one is there will be blood. Oh. Because it's about oil. Yeah, it is. It's an oil movie. Yeah. Laugh at my thing. <laughs> ah. Oh my God. Ah. Somebody go and like all of his Instagram accounts so he can feel like he has some self-worth today. Listen, we wouldn't be doing this podcast unless it was simply for me to get attention. So, um, Okay, well, here's here's the thing that needs to be talked about is uh, the world is not enough, good, bad, or just bad. It's really tough. I don't have an answer. Like at first, so after the first opening sequence, 
I wrote down under my good or um, good, bad or good, bad rating section. I just wrote down Michael Bay because we've already established that Michael Bay gets his own category, right? Because they're making it knowing it's going to be good, bad going in. Therefore, it fucks with our system. Yeah. We don't know what the answer is. Yeah. Self-aware. I will. Um, I don't know if this gets on Michael Bay because it's very much James Bond and James Bond came first. It's not good, bad because the parts of it, that it's just James, it's just James Bond. Exactly. Except for that, it's not a very strong James Bond. But that's so, what I mean. Like these categories where, like Michael Bay movie, like a Michael Bay movie, like, like a James Bay. Bond movies, like a Michael Bay. I'm very tired. <laughs> They don't really qualify for anything. Like they're not good. They're yeah. not so, like they're above being bad because they knew what they were doing. Right. I'm going to, I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it, uh, this is my ruling. This movie is 1999 good, but it's 2020 not good. I don't know. It's there are not- a lot of good movies that came out in the nineties, actual proper good. Well, not- there was also a lot of movies that came out in the nineties that were really good. Eh, not so good. Independence Day, loved that movie. It's, try try watching it now. Yeah, but how old are you? Unwatchable now. That's a good example you're, though. You're because trying to give me the math right now. <laughs> like, do you a pun instead. <laughs> you can't compare. Twelve. So like yeah, if you're twelve, any but, year. But I've watched that movie four hundred times since. And. It's not it's good not anymore. It's not good. <laughs> you keep watching it. Yeah, of course I keep watching but, it. But you can't compare this movie to like Schindler's List because they're both 90s movies. That's not what I'm saying. When this came out in 99, you would have left the theater amped up and said, man, that was a great Bond movie. Right? Even with all the puns? Yeah. You like you because it was it was contemporary right. to do that kind of stuff. We, I'm saying now when you watch it, you're just like, eh. We need somebody who was alive in 1999 to come back from the past and tell us how it was like to go see that movie in theaters Wait, you want, as an adult. You want to talk to somebody that's currently living in 1999 to come back from the past yes. or you just need somebody who was there. Cause Both. I was there. I was there too. <laughs> yeah, but we were children. Our perception of things were way different. So you're saying for our tiny podcast to yes. really be complete that right. we need the invent of time travel. Yes. I see. I'll call doc Brown. <laughs> yes, please. Oh, this would be so much fun. We can go for burgers. Afterward. We're going to need 1.21 gigawatts to get this figured out. <laughs> I don't know if I have a car that go 88 miles per hour. <laughs> when you can help me out. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to definitely need a, lightning storm for this um all right well that pretty much covers everything i feel like we need to talk about for the world is not enough you guys can get at us on instagram at the good bad show so that you can vote on the upcoming movie yeah do better this time y'all um what was what was the loser this last week i can't even remember it got not that many votes at all Uh, i voted for it yeah even though was it 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 wasn't it mark Wahlberg? Nope, that was the week it was, before. It was like a tornado or something. Oh, oh. Hur- Hurricane Heist. Hurricane Heist. Y'all should have voted for that one. Yeah, so that this, like this upcoming week will be Hurricane Heist in its last chance. Um, every movie gets two chances. So I'm a double vote. Hurricane Heist against a new movie. Send us your suggestions at The Good Bad Show. Um, get at us. Let us know what you think it should go up against. Hey, John, what can I do to persuade you to vote for that one? We'll talk about that Persuade. off the air. <laughs> I thought you, you were going to have a James that, Bond pun. You can put on that little Denise Richards number I like. Uh, <laughs> what, Charlie Sheen? <laughs> and that's the podcast. <laughs> um, all right, we'll catch you guys next time. Peace. Bye. Bye.